Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, my name is Danilo Petrovic. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudla. I'm Evgeny Domsko. I'm Henry Laksan. I'm Peter Turepko, and, and you are listening to the Game to Love podcast. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. We're here with some somber news on this podcast today. We didn't think we'd be talking about this, but it looks like we are. Rafael Nadal has withdrawn from the US Open and the rest of the 2021 season. JG, how are you feeling, most importantly? Well, you're not the first person to ask. I feel like everyone's been wondering how I am, and it's not good. Like, I've tried to stay super positive these last few weeks. I've tried to dismiss all of the news about him playing golf in Spain and all of this, thinking he's going to play. He's not going to miss out on this opportunity. He's already said recently his foot's feeling a little bit better. But since then, it's just been so sad. Um, he's withdrawn from the whole season and the US Open. We're going into the US Open with no team, the, the champion last year. Now no Rafa, no Federer. It's just Djokovic going to be there who's got a real shot of winning. I know you've got the other guys as well, but it's just we're not going to be seeing the 2020-20 going into a slam. Are we ever going to see it? Is it going to be maybe a Wimbledon next year? Is Roger going to play Australian Open? I've got so many questions, but on Rafa... Yeah. It's just heartbreaking because I feel terribly sorry for the guy. This is a, this has been an, an injury he's had for a long time, since, what, 2005 or something? It's been a long time long coming. Long time, yeah. And he just can't seem to shake it. And right now, he's got to the stage where it's influencing his career so drastically, he can't even enter the big tournaments. Usually, he would just sort of prioritise the big ones and not do some of the smaller ones. But now he can't do anything. And it sort of begs the question again, are we coming now to... The end, coming to an end of an era because you've got Roger pulling out left, right and centre. Now Rafa's pulling out. I'm heartbroken. I'm I'm so, so sad. I can't believe it. It's just, I did not want to believe this would be possible. And I was really going for this US Open hard in the fact that I thought Rafa could do something special and win the whole thing. I don't want to. I know it's crazy. People are going to call me delusional. He's not beating Djokovic and Hardcourts for ages. Oh, he's not going to be able to beat Medvedev and all these guys. I understand that, but I would have still gone on a whim. I think he could have potentially done something special. Um, We know if anything's taught us with Rafael Nadal, you never discount the guy. And if he's playing tennis, 
of course he can have a shot on any on any surface, any time of year, in any conditions. So that's why I'm so sad because I really wished he was here. And not just that, we're going to miss him in the ATP finals. It, yeah. it has a bit of a sour taste for the rest of 2021 for me now. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's just sad that he is obviously a reigning champion in the US Open. He didn't uh, compete last year. Dominic Team is also a reigning champion. The two reigning champions of the US Open, who we're not going to get to see this year, it's very sad. It opens the doors wide open, really, now for Djokovic. I know a lot of people will probably say Medvedev is the, the main threat to him yet again. Probably right, but Rafa beat Medvedev in the last time they played in the final here and you just always it just makes the tournament come to life more doesn't it when he's yeah. there there's a buzz around the place same with Roger as well same thing they both put bums on seats and they both bring just something extra to the tournaments and it's just sad that we're not going to see Roger or Rafa there Dominic team as well very sad for him obviously he's had his injury woes as well but Rafa's a massive miss because he's the main threat normally to Novak Djokovic. Not just that, you hit the nail on the head. Not even just in terms of threat and winning things. He's the most exciting player. And it's yeah. not just me saying this. I saw a poll the other day voted by the fans um, over the last few decades of the five most exciting tennis matches. And Rafa Nadal made four out of five of them. Not so surprised. It speaks volumes. Let's be honest. There's so many different encounters he's had over the years which leaves you at the edge of your seat. It's incredible. That's why, for me, he goes down as my greatest because I find him the most entertaining. And we're going to lose that entertainment factor along from the fact that he could potentially go and win these things. So Rafa's out. He's playing golf. Hopefully, he can recover soon. Um, so we hear what he had to say about it all? Let's do it, mate. I know he's uh, released a statement uh, on Twitter. Here we go. I'll play this. We had this is the English one. version. So we had yeah. his one. We're going to have him speaking to us on the podcast again, like just like what we did with Roger. Okay. Right. Hello, everyone. I am very sorry to, to announce that I will not be able to, to keep playing tennis during the 2021 season. But as you know, I have been... It's lucky he was going to start uh, laughing at the start. Do you not think? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> just going. I think he just knows that when he starts doing his English, it normally goes into like a comedy mode with yeah. like he does with all of the... He's, he seems to have such good uh, a comedy like timing when with all the, uh, like the journalists and stuff. I think when he goes into the English side, he has a lot more. Wasn't it Jose Morgado was saying that when he speaks to the Spanish press, he's a lot uh, harsher... Yeah. with the journalists than he is with the British press. They're, they're, he's, he's quite playful and quite fun. So when he goes into the English mode... I think, I think it's just the knows. translation and the way it comes across. Exactly, yeah, yeah. With my foot for the last uh, for the last year, no, I, I missed uh, a lot of important events for me, uh, like, like the US Open now, like Wimbledon, Olympics, uh, and many other events that, that are so important and emotional for me, you know? So... Uh, after coming back from Toronto, uh, and I take it a couple of days to, to think about it, uh, talk, uh, I need to talk with my family, with my team and with my doctors, especially to, to understand what's going on. Uh, but uh, the food uh, is not the proper way today. Uh, and during the last year, I were not able to practice and prepare myself the, the way that I need to. 
Well, that's quite yeah. a big uh, thing, really, isn't it? He wasn't able to pr- like even practice like the way that he needs to to compete at this high level, which is you can't really look how high the level is. And he's someone players. who loves to practice. He's yeah. not just um, he just sort of wanders on the court like Kyrgios every now and then. He d- puts the work in off the court uh, in the gym. He does it in the on the practice courts. You, you can see it. How many people pack out to watch him on the, the intensity you see Rafael Nadal play, particularly on clay, on a practice court? It's like you'd pay a lot of money just to see that. I'm talking yeah. like you'd pay a ticket to watch, say, the semi-final of Wimbledon. You go watch him practice at Roland Garros. It's very similar. The intensity is so high. He's an athlete. And if he's not able to practice at the highest level, you can understand why he's withdrawing because he wants the very best. He expects yeah. the very best for himself. And if he's not unable to deliver on it, then he's a shadow of himself and he doesn't feel the need to put his body through it and play. He doesn't want to see no half-hearted stuff, which makes me think he's not going to be, say, I don't want to dig out Andy Murray, but I can't see um, Rafael Nadal doing what he does and coming back to the tour, uh, sort of going, trying to pick up the odd win here and there, losing to people you shouldn't really lose to if you're a big name. I think once he gets to the level where he's no longer competing near the top, it's going to be curtains for him. I think that's yeah. just the type of person he is. Well, especially as he is, well, his best surface is the hardest on your body, probably. Like with these long matches drawn out across like three or even a three set for him is over three hours normally on, on clay courts. So it's, it's a very demanding. His body has taken a battering over the years. And he's just been trying to struggle past, unfortunately. And it's just now you you got to think how much pain he's probably been in in the past ten years or so, and how much 15. how he's how he's been competing over those years with all that pain. And for it to now be at the point where he can't compete, it must be agony. It, it's not because he can compete under pain, but this must be now oh. to the point where it's just impossible to compete. It's a good point from Kathy. There's just he, he was like, there's no way, shape, or form. He, yeah. he just he's trying. He's trying his best. He would love to be out there. You can see it in Toronto. He's trying to play, but it's just not working out for him. Ended up having to pull out yeah. um of the what was it of Cincinnati he pulled out. He played Toronto yeah. and lost to uh Lloyd Harris. But yeah, yeah, let's continue with the video. Yeah. To be uh competitive uh, at the standards that I want to be. Uh so uh, we had to take that decision, but uh, I am confident that I will recover myself uh, 100%, and uh, I will be able to to fight again for the for the for the most important things. The injury is nothing new; uh, it's the same injury that I that I am having since 2005. Uh, in that moment, the doctors were very negative about my my future career, but uh, honestly, I were able to. To, to have uh, a career that I ever I never dreamed about no so uh, I am confident that I I will recover again the the foot and I if the foot is better I am confident that my tennis uh, and my mentality will be will be there again soon no so the only thing that you can be sure I I gonna fight uh, every single day uh, to make that happen uh, remain a couple of uh, beautiful years I I really think about it. And I hope to see you soon. I want to say thanks in advance to all the all the fans for all the messages, and uh, especially during these hard moments, uh, all the messages are helpful. No? So thanks for the support as always. Uh, 
don't have any doubt that I will miss you a lot, but I will be back. And thank yeah, I'm just cutting myself off there. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, just classy as always from Rafa, just so sincere and yeah, it is heartbreaking. Just like I, I do like his positivity the... in that last bit though, yeah. where he's saying, I will be back. I kind of get that feeling. I will recover from this. I can get over that. He's had the injury since 2005. A lot of the doctors, people were saying, not sure if you can really continue, Rafa, mate. I think it might be, <laughs> might, so might have to might have to end it here. And he's That's... just proved everyone wrong and just kept going and going. And if we can have, say, another few years of him after this foot injury, I'll be over the moon. Just a few more Grand Slams, please. Come on. Well, how ridiculous is it that, that I know this is crazy, that 2005 is when the doctors told him, yeah, I think that this you won't be able to continue with this. And that was when he won his first Grand Slam in 2005. And since then, he's won another 19 after that with this uh, so-called career-ending injury from then uh that's just mad isn't it um yeah if you if you just look at that that's somebody mind over matter and uh don't always trust what those doctors say because sometimes there's an always a second opinion and there's always somebody else out there who knows uh, a little bit better advancement in certain things and he's obviously found the right people to help him continue along the winning tennis path because I'm sure there's been a lot of uh, shots he's had to receive just to numb things and just to get him through matches. But yeah, it looks like this is something you cannot ignore anymore. And well done for getting through those past 15 years because, well, imagine if it had uh, been curtains in 2005. We wouldn't even be here having this podcast, would we? Yep, exactly. And um, talking about the injury, why don't we bring it up so we can talk about it in more detail? Yes. Uh, because for, for a change, now. we actually have some, um, oh, no. I was going to say science, but it's not science, is it? We I have mean, some... I, I'm worried about this. We, we, we're turning into like the, <laughs> the science podcast now. It's not really science, had... but we have some, uh, I don't know, some very big words. I think that's what I want to call it, <laughs> um, regarding Rafael Nadal's injury. So over to you, Ben. <laughs> oh great yeah let's just throw this one over to me so we'll have a look at the problem in his foot and he's this is a normal i'll give this one a go a tallonavicular joint and uh the, this is the degenerated one you can see here uh, for people who are just listening i'm not sure it just looks a little bit black there so whether it's it's having had a lot of stress on this particular uh, particular joint uh the actual name of it is uh, Muller-Weiss syndrome and uh, well it looks like this is the thing that he's had the problem with it doesn't look like it's in a very very nice part it's just on like the top of the foot if uh, you can't see and you're just listening it looks like it's just in the bit where the the foot meets the like the the leg really like it's just in that joint part on the top of the foot so that's the best way I can explain it for people listening. So if well, you were to... We've got Liam here saying, get your white coat on, Ben. Um, <laughs> yeah, and my stethoscope. And the science back. channel's back. <laughs> yeah, get my, uh, get my stethoscope on. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, It looks um, painful yeah. in this picture, I must admit. Especially the way well, they've made it a bit black. Yeah, imagine if you were like to bend your foot, say, like uh, upwards, then I can imagine the amount of pain and pressure that goes onto that that part of the foot. I'm sure anybody knows from running this is the sort of thing that when you're pushing off 
there's a lot of pressure onto that part of the foot. So I can only imagine that must just be agony. Uh, anything on your feet, we, we all just know. Just mine you... now. I wonder if I've got one. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, we all know from everybody who's plays sports or anybody who's ever had a foot injury. I've yeah. had like a, an Achilles injury, that type of thing. If you ever had like the bottom of your foot, that type of injury, it's debilitating to have anything wrong with your feet and just to even get around walking such as that. There's one guy who actually fights in the UFC, who's a champion in the UFC, Kamara Usman. He has very bad foot, feet problem that he, this is how bad it is for him. He can't, he couldn't even walk upstairs for the whole month. Uh, he couldn't walk on hard ground a lot of the time before his fight. He was walking on grass. He was uh, couldn't go upstairs. He said he was pretty much disabled. And he gets to the fight and he just blocks it out, mind over matter, and goes in and then beats the hell out of everybody. It's just mad. These top sportsmen, mind over matter is crazy. And I think people don't understand how much mental strength these uh, sportsmen have because it's quite incredible. Yeah. And it's well, been an injury, like you said, he's had for since 2005. You saw the strapping on his foot against uh, Novak Djokovic in the semi-final of Roland Garros this year. He mm. was more or less limping towards the end of it. I know a lot of people oh. saying he wasn't injured, he wasn't this, he's just making excuses because Djokovic won. Djokovic may still have won if he wasn't injured because I think Djokovic was amazing on the day. They both were incredible and we got to see yeah. arguably one of the greatest matches ever. But you can't deny the fact that uh, he wasn't injured. You saw the strapping when he had his well, he had a medical timeout, didn't he? When he yeah. took his thing off, he had to like it was like a mummy. Yeah, it really was. It was like uh, it was like cutting off like a, a plaster cast or something on, on his foot. Like it's almost like having a broken foot and playing with it. That's what it seemed like to me. And then after it was cut off, you saw how vulnerable he looked on court. It was just the movement was non-existent after that. Uh, very very scary times for Rafa. Uh, Shall we move on to one of the other? tweets that we yeah got let's here. get off the science podcast but just before we do something i want right. to talk about this is just the same message right, more or less but you can keep it on that while we do it so right. get rid of that manky foot right. um, <laughs> we've got um tusha saying the dow will still remain inside the top 10 as he'll keep five thousand and five points because that's another point to consider yeah. he's dropping down the rankings fast now um he's going to lose points from the us open he's going to yeah. lose all these other points he's gained i forget the exact uh the numbers i'm sure someone can can tell us Tusha they're saying 5,005 the thing is everyone seems to come to a different number um, yeah, it's, it's about 2,000 points then I think it's a lot of points he's going to be dropping um, for sure which worries me slightly but if he can remain inside the top 10 come back next year I think his seeding will be okay for the tournaments to still have a good shot of winning them it's Rafa on the Dow at the end of the day I think if he's fit and healthy remain inside the top 10 and we'll be okay the only disappointing thing is it means now He's out of the race to Turin. Um, That opens that up to another person because I think he, I don't know if he would have enough points anyway or now, probably not. No, Uh, There'll be someone else, but it means someone else in that pecking order can get in. I know Casper Rude's already there. Um, I forget who's on the outskirts. Maybe a Chapa or something like that can can push on. Her catch, yeah. Yeah. There's a few people trying to push in there, aren't there? I think you said at the start, opportunity, opportunity. That's the key word now. This is a big shot. For Sitsapas, Medvedev, Zverev, these guys, Rublev to an extent, make a name for yourself now. Go win a big Grand Slam. You've got no Roger, no Rafa. This is a good shot 
you, you've already shown in their careers that they're able to beat Djokovic every now and then. I think it's different in a Grand Slam. But let's see if they can take it to the next level and do something special. Well, it's exactly. opportunities. Well, you want to see them at least in a semi-final. If we, if we don't see Zverev or if we don't see Tsitsipas in a semi-final here, then there's going to be questions asked. I mean, we're expecting really now to see Medvedev in a semi-final and Djokovic. That's if they if we don't see them, that's going to be a big shock. But Zverev and Tsitsipas have to be the next best, and they yeah. have to step up. They have to really step up to play. We saw Tsitsipas in the Australian Open. He came up against Medvedev, fell short. Can he go one better this time? He has to prove it. Can he prove it in Cincinnati? Can he? Sissipas worries me a little bit. He he was two sets up against Djokovic in the final of Roland Garros. Mm. He um, Djokovic took a was he had a toilet break, come back, different player, <laughs> and demolished him. Ever yep. since then, every time Sissipas now loses a set, he takes a toilet break. He's trying to like. <laughs> Yeah. he's copying Novak Djokovic but it doesn't always seem to work for him I know it did the other day against Sonego or last night but yeah. it's just I don't know I think his mind's all over the place he's talking about on-court coaching then he's talking about vaccines why don't you just focus on playing some good tennis because we know you're brilliant at it um, I want to see a bit more consistency let's go deep in a Masters tournament can he win this one can he go far can he get to a Grand Slam final he's definitely good enough yeah, I know he got to Ronald there. Garros, but let's, let's, why can't he do it on the hard courts and stuff? He's so good, Sissipas. Um, I think he needs to make that next step now. I think so as well. I think the same with Zverev. Zverev, the last year's finalist here. Yep. He'll be looking to hopefully get there more convincingly. Obviously, he had to overturn Kalenio Buster in last year's one from two sets to love down. And then he was two sets to love up in the Grand Slam final. Uh, similar to Tsitsipas, and he let that disappear as well. So there's two people there in the chasing pack who have had winning positions in grandstand finals and let it slip away. I think that this, they, well, this is a great opportunity for both of them. No Rafa, no Roger, no, uh, well, Dominic Team as well, defending yeah. champion. No Andy Murray, I know that, well, he might be there, <laughs> but he's not the same. It's not the same people at the top yeah, anymore. I know, I know what you mean. No yeah. Stamravrenka. This, this sort of the exactly. group has been dominating it and playing very well. You've got a real shot now to be the new star and that's what it's Be- all about. Felix maybe. Like he might be look he's looking good. He just beat Berrettini last night yeah. in straight sets. That's somebody if everybody else doesn't perform and he puts in a good uh well a good performance, he could be pushing for it. Um, I know that seems sounds crazy but he has all the tools. There's a lot of play. Rublev, if he puts it together, he could. There's the opportunity. Everybody now, go for it. And I just don't want to see these bottle jobs and, in back ends of Grand Slams. Come well, on. Some, someone who's not a bottle up. job, and that's Novak Djokovic. What do, what do you reckon he makes of all this news? Well, it's probably... Uh, I, I bet there is still an element of Djokovic which... He has some empathy and some sympathy for Rafa, but you know, deep down inside, it's just one less person on his uh, journey to grabbing another grandson. If you can remove another one, yeah, great. Take another one out the way, and it's one less person to beat. Who but then could, could you argue that that now adds more pressure on him? Yes. Yeah, it does. Everyone Potentially, who he would have preferred to have Rafa in there because he's got a great record against Rafa on hard courts in the last decade. Um and now all he's done is put heap, heap, heap the pressure on him, just like at the Olympics. There's a lot of pressure. And I know he did all them talks about pressure, 
but he could he didn't handle it when it mattered. You saw him smashing rackets, throwing him into the crowd. He couldn't deal with it very well. Is he going to be able to deal with this added pressure now at the US Open, knowing that Rafa's not there? And he is going to be a massive outright uh, favourite to win, win, win the whole thing. Well, he is. And, well, there's going to be... So can he a... deal with the pressure? That's what I'm asking. Can he deal with it? Or are we going to see him fade away and struggle? Is there going to be, like John Silk jumped in, there's going to be some people shouting this now. Djokovic's 2021 season has a major asterisk beside it now. It, there's going to be people saying that beside... Like, if the, the players aren't there to beat, then... There's, there's always like someone's got something to say, isn't it? That, that, that you're not beating all the best players, and that's why. But you can only beat who's in front of you, and it's not his. Yeah, fault, I've never, but... I've never really liked that. that no, I don't like that. As either, much but... as John's saying, I know he's clutching at straws. He's a Rafa fan, but it's tough to say. You've got to just beat what's been put in front of you. I yep. can say it's more of an asterisk when there's no fans there. Personally, that's the way I feel. I think if you're playing a tournament with no fans. It just sort of takes it more from the fact that there's not great players because every player what plays in a Grand Slam deserves to be there that's the that's the attitude i've always had even if you're low ranked if you go through the qualifiers you deserve to be there if someone's withdrawn and you've got higher enough ranking you deserve to be there and they just deserve their moment in the sun and if they can make a big name for themselves and go far all to them hats off so i don't really like all of that side of things nah. i know silky boy is trying it a little bit because I know he's, he uh, he's doing <laughs> what he can do and he's, stoking, uh, I don't he's think... poking the bear i think you know? yeah uh, that's all he's doing trying to get uh draw out some Djokovic. yeah and, and there's liam saying i don't think uh roger fans would like that either because most of his um grand slams would mean that they're not very real because he's not had to be always the best players to win these slams. Well, exactly, but so it's not the it... best logic if you're a, if you're a Federer fan either. No, well, exactly. Uh, I just think it's a bit. I don't know. It's just a. You can't go down that route. It's just. I think he's just going to feel sad for Rafa. I think that those guys at the top of the sport, they even though they're in competition, that there's only two other people in the world who can understand what they're going through. And they, I think they all do have empathy for each other and they do speak to each other quite regularly. And yep. I think that they're the only people that you can turn to sometimes at times like that who can actually fully understand the pressure that you're under. They're all on 20 Grand Slams and that's the one thing we're going to miss now. There's only one 20 Grand Slam champion who's going to be going into this tournament. We were talking about three yeah. a month and ago. Can he convert it to 21? It's going to be a big ask. But in a Grand Slam scenario... I really do fancy him personally. I think Vikash hits the nail on the head. He said, no way Zverev will, will beat Djokovic in a five-setter. Djokovic will eat him alive. I tend to agree. I've, I've oh. always said he's the best five uh, best of best of five sets in the world, Djokovic. Yeah. No, one, no one's better than him. No, there isn't. I mean, you can win two sets against him, but you try and get that third one over the line. It's a struggle. And you saw with what happened with Tsitsipas in that French Open, that that two-all game lasted, I think, nearly 13 minutes for him to try and hold his serve. And as soon as he got broken, see you later. That's it. Game over. Really, just from one game. Yeah, It's just mad what can happen. But that's Djokovic for you. Yeah, and I think we're going to have to end it there because the longer this goes on, the closer I'm going to get to crying. Um, yeah. I don't want it to happen. <laughs> but no, Rafa Nadal is confirmed. He's not. We're not going to see him in 2021 now. Uh, well, unless you're on the golf course because he's going to be playing a bit of golf in Spain. Wait. But no more tennis for him this year. No US Open. Roll on 2022, to be honest, mate. I'm done with this season as well. I might pack it in as well. 
Nah, we're not done yet. We got the opportunity for the calendar year Grand Slam for Novak Djokovic. So we'll be tuning in to see if he can get that one done in the US Open. But we still got Cincinnati action continuing this week. Going to be interesting to see who makes it to the final there. And maybe one of these chasing pack can stake their claim for the US Open, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't already, guys, hit the like button on this video. It really does help us out. Uh, subscribe if you're new, and we'll see you later on for another podcast. Great stuff. See you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.